Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. All right, so I'm sure everybody has been discussing, the world, in fact, has been talking about what Madagascar had claimed to be a solution or a tonic that was helping its population. And there's been lots of discussions around it. Even, in fact, the WHO has had discussions on it. And they they are saying that until it has been proven to be a cure, just because the term cure was used when this went public, uh, they are warning that people be very careful about it. However, um, this discussion has inspired other countries to look within, which I think is very important. And actually, what you listen to when you hear our listeners here on SAFM, not, not, you know, not very far, there is a sense and a sense that we are we are neglecting a discussion around our own indigenous plants, our own indigenous resources and our knowledge bases. Okay. We had a conversation, I think, about two weeks ago, um, and we had an extensive conversation around that about what resources we have and so on. And it's obviously not enough because every single day you hear someone say, you know, we're not talking enough about what Africa can can do and can provide and can assist us with. So we have invited someone who is a plant alchemist um, to join the conversation and this is a disclaimer. Nobody at any point is talking about a cure. Okay, That's the first thing that I want to tell you about. Nobody in this platform is talking about a cure. What people are asking is, to what extent are we exploring our own medicines to assist or at least boost the immune system? That's what people are asking. And people are saying, why don't we discuss it? In the same vein that, for instance, the WHO has discussed vitamin D as something that has shown to be quite beneficial. Why are we not discussing our own plants in the same vein? But this is not to say these are at all a cure. So that's the first thing that I want to put up front and say, while we have this conversation, can we please be open-minded about what it is that we're saying and do not misunderstand the intention of this conversation and what it is that we're saying. Jean-Francois Sobiki is a plant alchemist. He joins me on the line. Thank you so much for joining us and a good afternoon, Jean-Francois. Uh, Hi, Pamela. Hi. No, thank you for being for inviting me on the show. So, you know, there is there is the hunger. Whether we ignore it or not, whether we like it or not, of people saying, and you've seen even the social media platforms where people are posting their own little remedies and so on, mm-hmm. there, there is this need to almost acknowledge that we too can be part of a solution. Your yeah. sense on how we are reacting to that need? So, um, Pamela, at the moment, you know, with the world in such a state of flux and change, I think it's it's crucial for all all people to to turn back to nature, you know, to to grow food, uh, use use uh, local uh, medicinal plants, etc., as as a primary healthcare strategy. You know, it's um, we are under severe duress in terms of stress and financial pressures, and the whole world's going to change. So it makes just it makes sense to be able to to start relying on sustainable sources of food and medicine. Why are we so, shy yeah. to speak up about what we have at our disposal? So, yes, one mm. can criticize the mm. president of Madagascar to say, spoken too soon, made a call, and it's not, it's not a scientifically proven call. Yeah. Um, but, but there's also something about that kind of stature that says to me, this is a man who, who wants to also say, listen, we too 
are, are part of this conversation. Maybe the term cure was not the right term, but mm. he was he mm. was certainly raising a hand and saying, we too are interested, we too mm. are doing our bit, and we too can be a, a part of how we come to a solution. Why are we shy to own our place in the world as Africans mm. about what we can offer? Yeah. Pamela, that's a great question. And um, when I was doing my research, because I'm an ethnobotanist, you know, yes. medicinal plant research, I've done research on medicinal plants for, for many years, for over 15 years. When I was doing research, uh, Pamela, I wrote an article, a paper, an academic paper, yeah. called The Intersection of Health and how Science and Culture in South African Traditional Medicine. And what what is what one of the problems that I saw in the Southern African case is that in the apartheid regime, in the apartheid era, the the research was very skewed, you know, towards food plants. What, uh, frankly to speak, you know, what white researchers were interested in, mm. and and um, traditional medicines were really sidelined. So. In a way, I think that's one factor why um, traditional medicines weren't actively researched. I mean, the fact of the matter is that um, plants used for the nervous system, for example, psychoactive plants, they're mm-hmm. called, have only started to be researched 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Whereas in South America, those plants have been researched much, way, way um, um, earlier. You know, So we are catching up. Like, There's not many African scholars studying um, African traditional medicine, so it's the bizarrest paradox. We, we're sitting on a wealth of medicinal plants here, um, but there isn't very a lot of um, academic focus on it still because we're catching up. That's my hypothesis. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's yes, the, yes. the truth, but it, it made sense to me when I was doing the research when I found literature um, evidence showing that uh, you know only 7% of, of studies was aimed at the magical plant use or the traditional medicine use. So that's uh, it's a big rift. It's a big rift. Well, and, you, um, your hypothesis is not completely off the mark when you base the fact that apart from what you're saying, uh, there are, there's also some historical historical fact. There's and, some historical uh, facts. And, but, uh, you know, and the another, historical fact was that it was actually legal to practice African medicine in this country. It was You could yeah. be arrested if you were found to be yeah. using Mthonyana, for instance. It was yes. illegal. Yes. yes. So I think another bigger factor, which is not only for South Africa, but globally, is that, you know, traditional medicine has often been um, prejudiced in in advertising as being backwards and Mm. unsophisticated. So coming back to that paper I wrote, I I saw that there was a lot of prejudice in academia even against plants. Mm -hmm. Um, Some authors saying plants are unsophisticated. Mm. You know, there's nothing unsophisticated how plants make chemistry Mm. and the chemistry and that chemistry and how it affects the body. So... There's an ingrained prejudice against um, uh, traditional medicine. If you if you recall adverts on San Bushman and against um, traditional cough mixtures, you know, shoo mm. shoo and poo pooing it, you know, mm. as being uh, black magic, witchcraft, mm. uh, unsophisticated, and that is a very big problem because um, Pamela, what it's saying is that nature is something we need to leave behind us, and the funny paradox is that if a society breaks down. You can't eat your lawn. You know, you need to have, you need to know how to grow plants. Mm. You need to know how to use medicines. And if we, and if a consumer society breaks down for whatever reason, mm. then plants are, we've, we've lived with plants for thousands of years. So we have become as a, as a species very disconnected from using nature and, and plants as food, as medicines for only the last couple of hundred years mm. because Tom. of advertising and marketing. So, 
is a big is a big problem there. Yeah. yeah. Let me take a quick call from Tabo in Bloemfontein. Good afternoon, okay. Tabo. Thanks okay. for calling. Uh, thank you. No, I, I like the discussion. Um, look, I, I must just maybe um, support what your guest is saying because, for example, in the Northern Cape, in fact, there's if not hundreds of uh, different products that unfortunately are manufactured commercially mm-hmm. abroad mm-hmm. that find their origin in South Africa. I mean, for example, mm. in the Northern Cape, there's what they call diverse law. I don't know if your mm-hmm. uh, guest knows about it. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, Hoodia is just one of them. They call it uh, appetite suppressant. So the thing is about commercialization, there's nothing wrong with the discoveries and the medicine that is found indigenously in Africa. But the, the, the issue that I think the West have is the fact that it's commercially viable and obviously it will have economic spin-offs for the local people. So that's probably why they work against the discoveries in, in Madagascar and so on and so on. I, you know, I still am baffled a little bit, and I'll tell you why I'm baffled a little bit, because the very same properties that we shy away from and give credit to uh, when it comes to um, sophisticated medicine, for instance, let's just give it that very narrow uh, term, are, are, are products that are used in beauty products, for instance. And, uh, you know, it, it would be like this discovery, as we're talking about, you know, that will give you long-lasting youth and blah, blah, blah. And we pay lots of money mm-hmm. for that. I'm really trying to understand the disconnect between why is it that we shy away from accepting these wonderful properties in in medicine and yet we mm. are willing to accept them in other areas of our lives where for instance maybe it's the beauty product uh, the beauty industry yeah no not mm. certainly i think you're spot on especially because you know most of the i think we've liked <laughs> mm. mm. i think he was still speaking i think he was still talking i'm so sorry Shame. about that john mm. do, do you want to just uh, wrap up on that uh, john yeah, so, I mean, right now, I think there is a lot of <clears throat> interests and a lot of um, concerns about what's going on with corona, right? So, yeah. you know, I think the the power of the, the governments don't want to get, uh, you know, everyone's frightened of everything right now. So mm-hmm. they don't want to make claims, like you said, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is, Umkhrinyani has been used for colds, flus, and viral infections for thousands of years mm-hmm. in Africa. Mm-hmm. So... There are many plants that work as antivirals, but obviously they don't want, uh, they, they're very hesitant of making claims and so on and so forth. But um, the plants are very efficacious. What I'm just saying is plants are, are not unsophisticated medicine. In fact, mm-hmm. Western medicine is trying to understand how synergy, they call it uh, synergy, phytochemical synergy works, mm-hmm. that all these chemicals in, in a plant, because the plant makes literally hundreds of, or, you know, of compounds, how they all work together. And so, so it's very complex. It's actually so complex that Western medicine can't even understand yet how plant medicine works. So it's... So, it's not a it's not a medicinal thing, is it? If we look at it holistically, yes. it, it is quite a um, a pushback on on certain belief systems and who whose belief systems you're willing mm. to mm. accept or not. Because let me just give you a very simple analysis for myself that I find really alarming. Right, so nobody questions at all why is it possible, and, and I'm sure hundred years ago you would have had. 
this kind of disbelief that it's possible that I can pick up a device, I can punch in a number, I mm. can make what is now called a phone call to somebody on the other side of the sea, right? Yeah. And yeah. have a conversation with this person without seeing them at all, without any wires at all, without, exactly. without me as an individual understanding the signs behind it, but yeah. I believe it and I continue to use the technology. Mm. And yet there is a question about how, for instance, Africans are able to do that with their ancestors. That beats me. You know, there, yeah. there is, because it's the same, if you want to call it, let's use the term technology for argument's sake, it's probably the same technology. Well, I mean, like you say, the, the results are there. Nobody, most people don't understand how cell phones work, you know, but it yes. works. Yes, you know, and you believe nobody it. Nobody can under explain like how the electromagnetic waves actually get the sound from one place, you yes. know. Yes. So, so yeah, those things, the same with plants, yes. you know. Um, there's, there's what's called scientific literacy yes. in traditional medicine systems where results are seen over <laughs> over repeated uses, over generations. Yes. And so they don't question how it works. Yes. They just know that it works. Yes. So it's the same, exactly, good point. <laughs> and, um, then, and, yet, and yet there will be this conversation that is so heated about, a discrimination of understanding why is it that someone who sits just sits down and says well I'm connecting with my ancestors we're having a conversation right now there will be such disbelief and all yeah. of that stuff and we'll yeah. be called as you said hoo-hoo and all sorts of yeah, witchcraft the, the, whatever. the only difference with that is, is that you know scientifically you can't prove spirit you know if there was you know is you can't it? prove spirit but um, with plant medicine, how it works, and for example, with viruses or illnesses, we we know that we can test them. So the the traditional Chinese medicine system is a really great example where yeah, yeah. the government has supported the scientific study of traditional Chinese medicine. And if you look on Google Scholar, you will find literally thousands of papers backing so, so the, Jean, the use of plants in in uh, I'm rushing you quickly because of yeah. time. But, yeah. but, but is it because we can't prove it or is it because we don't have, number one, the money or the intention to go out and prove it? As you've just said, Chinese medicine has decided to investigate and so the proof exists. Well, I think this is maybe a blessing, this whole example with Mkhlunyani is, yeah. in that it will it'll boost uh, uh, like a be an impetus for us to investigate our plants here, yeah. for sure. I mean, we're sitting on amazing plants. I found over 300 species of plants that haven't even been uh, investigated yet wow. for various uses, you know. So, um, but I think, I think the main take-home message is that I wanted to say, like, things that people can use, you know. People that we've become so disconnected as, a, as, as people generally, no matter what race mm. or, or class. Mm. We don't realize that ginger is antiviral, you know? Ginger is anti-inflammatory. Garlic, garlic, when I looked into the uh, research, it has antiviral activity against CMV, against herpes simplex, it lowers cholesterol. Turmeric, I mean, um, I was thinking if I had to say, you know, to the public, like three plants you can, that are cheap, that are easy to, to consume and have great medicinal effects, I would say ginger is a universal medicine. They call uh, gin, um, ginger in uh, Ayurveda, in Indian medicine, the universal medicine. Jean-François, so I'm yes. going to have to leave it here. We're going to have to have you again. Everybody wants to talk to you. Thank you so much for your insights and really thank you for that open conversation. Jean-François Sobiki, who's a plant alchemist. And uh, really, that will be available as a podcast, but I promise you this will be back uh, with that conversation at another time. It's just gone through your clock. Let's go to Utzila Saku for the latest in SABC News.